looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Definitely feeling it down in my plums today. we got a full soundboard today. All four mics are plugged in. We're ready to go. we got Ross, who wants to yell at us for not knowing who Little Dicky is, who he's about to tell us. Nate Lee joins us. Hello. we got a, we got a pseudo-celebrity here today. <laughs> he's laughing already. <laughs> Jeff Lanning, otherwise known as Joel's brother. That's right. <laughs> joins us today. Welcome, Jeff. It's nice to be here. You sound excited about it. <laughs> I heard it. I sound just like Joel, too, by the way, so that's good. Do you? I, you know, it's funny. I don't even know what your brother sounds like. I don't think sounds you do. Like this. <laughs> I don't know that you do. It's been a while since I've heard wait, your Wait, wait, wait. Jeff, do, Jeff do, do a Joel impression right now. Just uh, anything. How you doing? How you doing, Joel? Uh, pretty good. Sounds See, there you go. Like yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah sounds exactly now. the same. Now, now that you put it that way, it does sound just like it. <laughs> um, all right, Ross, you're mad at us right now, by the way. Uh, yeah, I am mad at all you guys, man. I'm a, I'm shocked, and I am, and I, I shouldn't be. Uh, I'm not mad at you. I'm excited about the fact that I get to introduce this into your lives. I feel like you're going to show me something that I do know about, but well, the name gonna, just didn't ring a bell. I, can't it's, show it's, you, I got bells ringing, but I, I, can't, it's, I just can't put two and two together. Now. I wanted to show you this before we started recording so that I could you would have some context for what I would, am about to tell you. So it's dirty. Little, little, no, it's not dirty. Lil Dicky is a rapper. He is a white guy. He's a Jewish kid from Philadelphia, and he graduated from college, became an investment banker, was going to live the corporate lifestyle, and secretly, like a lot of us, had this other dream. And that's why I, I, would, I can't wait to talk to Laney because he's a guy that got to experience part of that, and, you know, the, a dream that a lot of us have as a kid. Brand he, ambassador for Pony Shoes. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> to what I've heard. He's a professional athlete, man. I think that is, is so cool to yep. me. Little Dicky always wanted to be a rapper. The guy's name is Dave, and he just wanted to be a rapper. So... He took his bar mitzvah money when he was 25 years old that he had invested from the time he was 13 years old, took all of that money and bought and started his own, bought his own equipment and started his own rap career online and started making YouTube videos. He make, he's a comedic rapper and I'm not kidding you when I say he is one of the 10 most famous rappers on the planet. And when you hear him, you'll think he's one of the best rappers you've ever heard. The dude is fantastic. He's funny. He's and he raps about being a white dude. I mean, it's stuff that you, we would all relate to. His one of uh, my favorite song that he has is a song called "Ex Boyfriend." It was the <laughs> first one I heard, and it's a it's a rap song about how he's dating this girl and she's just fine as hell, and she won't let him quite hit it yet. But he's really excited about the opportunity. And one day she says, "Tonight's the night. This is gonna happen." And so he's all excited, and he takes her out on a date. And while they're out on a date, and again, he from the from the very first lyric, you understand, he's pretty self conscious about the fact that he's not a real good looking guy. I mean, his name's a his name is a is a dick joke, right? Little Dicky. Uh-huh. So they're out on the date, and they run into this Adonis of a man, and his girlfriend says, "Dicky." This is my ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll tell you right now, I just I just got on Google. I typed in Lil, yeah. L-I-L, and the very first suggestion was Lil Dicky. I'm telling you guys, so, this, thing so, is blow, this guy is blowing well, up beyond. I do I'm, recognize him. I'm, I'm shocked that you guys. Can you no, play that and, and we would hear it? I, I, I do recognize him because he apparently has a new show called Dave, and I've been seeing That's, the ad for this show called Dave yeah. all over the place. That honestly was why I started to bring this up What is the? Uh, I'll try to play What's the song called? Uh, ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. Okay. And so it, throughout the night then, so 
the boyfriend then eventually, the ex-boyfriend kind of joins them on the date and hilarity kind of ensues. Yeah, so the night that he thinks he's finally going to get a chance to, to, to hit it with this girl, she's... You got it, Mark? She's yeah. out there. No, I don't, can you... Can, no, no promises here. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play this. No, it's not going to work. That won't work. <laughs> and yeah, I'm telling you, it's just hilarious. See, this won't this won't sound good, Mark. Turn it you up a little bit. That. You need to stop. Yeah. I mean, I mean. So uh, I've watched. I would. I would. Encourage. All right. Here's here's what I'm going to tell people out there. Um, the uh, the video is worth a watch. Oh, the girl's gorgeous, and, and this and this girl, you, you wouldn't kick her out of bed for so crackers or else. You you know this guy if you heard the song "Save That Money." Because it was used in like Gap ads and all sorts of stuff. So, Mark, if you go now to do uh, Save That Money Whoa. is another one that's on there. Oh, yeah. You're, you guys are catching on now. I'm telling you, there are dozens. I'm of, a little dicky fan. There are dozens of videos that this guy has that are absolutely hilarious. What did he say? His wiener slopes no, to the okay. left? So here's that another, what he said when he right, opened John, that up? Right. So uh, another, another one of his little things that he does at the beginning of all of his videos is when he says, hey, guys, what's up? It's little Dicky, a.k.a., and then there's always something. So in that particular video, he says, a.k.a. Mr. Leftward Sloping Penis. <laughs> <laughs> there's one where he's a.k.a. Mr. Firm Handshake. Uh, nice. uh, you know what I mean? He just, there's all sorts of So stuff. do you, do you uh, own an album of this person? Do I you, do. do I, what are you talking about? How, what, and own an album? Do I own? Are his are I his songs on your iPod? I don't. I'm not an iPod guy either. iPad. I don't have iTunes. I have. How do you consume your your content then? What uh, like if I want to hear a song, I yeah. do it the same way you just did it. YouTube. Yep. And if I want to learn about new music, I use uh, Pandora. Mm. <laughs> I'm not even watching the video. I'm just kind of it's on pause on YouTube. I'm just going frame by so frame. So to give you here. an idea, it, it, like, it looks pretty darn what good. What save that money is to. It, the entire premise of Save That Money, and you'll know it when you hear it. The beat is, has become extremely recognized because it's been used in a bunch of different stuff. Uh, the entire premise of the song is to be the anti-rap song. It's not about spending money. It's about saving your money. And it's about how, you know, the, he, the, the very first line is, the rap game's got it all wrong, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he, he's not trying to flex on anybody. He's trying to show people, like, Man, I, I steal Netflix passwords from my cousin. <laughs> I, you know, the, I this is the way to do it. And the entire video, he in the video, he's on a multi-million-dollar yacht. He goes to a multi-million-dollar home and films inside the mansion. He drives around in a Maserati, and he does it all for free. He gets <laughs> he gets Fetty Wap to do a verse on it. He gets, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other rappers that are on this thing. It's incredible. And the rap video, it's one, of, he, he starts, he's just the nerdiest white guy ever. And he's like, hi, my name's Dave. Um, my goal is to do the greatest rap video of all time and do it for no money. And so he goes to the Maserati dealership and he's like, hey, and they film it all. And he goes in, he says, hey, can I, can I <laughs> borrow a Maserati? Spot. I'm going to do the greatest rap video of all time. And they're like, sure, man, go ahead. Have fun. Yeah. The I'm I'm uh, and his new show is Dave on FX. All this it's all this rap great. talk, by the way, makes me think that your wife should have called in today. We have the ability to take phone calls, by the way, because I challenged the office yesterday. Uh, Five hundred dollar bet, by the way, for the first person to memorize the lyrics to Alphabet Aerobics, and you shocked me with the news that your wife knows the ninety percent of it. The song. Yeah, I don't know which. I don't think he skipped a beat, and he had her on the phone immediately. And she, she didn't want to give you any of it. She kept saying that she was she in was target. target. She didn't, she she didn't want to start doing alphabet aerobics. Honestly, surprised me because normally I don't think she, I, I don't think she would have cared. She, she works overnights, and she had worked overnight previously that night. She worked tonight. You know what I'm saying? She was between shifts, and she was yeah. at target. So I think she was kind of grumpy anyway. How long has she had this little party trick? She do this a long time oh, ago. I mean, it's it's something she. It's a tough song. It's, she's been working on it for a long time. It's a tough I, song. I don't know how many words are in it. A lot is the answer. For people that haven't heard it, it's just uh, a big chunk of words that start with A, 
followed by B, C, yeah. all the way through Z, and it gets faster and faster as it goes. So I was impressed. The first time I'd actually heard it was Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, on The Tonight Show doing it while uh, Jimmy showed flashcards. And he did it well. Wait, he, so he somebody nailed. showed him flashcards the whole time when he did it? No, 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 no. Jimmy had flashcards with like A, B, C, D, oh, and oh, he was flipping okay. it down oh, as, okay. he, as he went right. through it. Right. So, um, so yeah, that bet's still open. Maybe Lanning will capitalize on that. I've never heard the song. Lanning seems like the type that would get up and just bust out a three-and-a-half-minute three rap in front of strangers. So for this bet, do I have to have the rhythm down or just the words, just the lyrics? Well, I think it would be a lot easier to memorize something as a song. I mean, because you, you said the rhythm is all sorts of jacked up. No, so no, what, no, like, what, no. What if it, I, it starts it's, slow it's, and it gets faster. By the end, yeah, that would be a lot easier. Okay. The yeah. problem with like lyrics is normally they make sense, sure. you know, like a normal song sure. is like about a relationship or whatever. This just in a lot of ways seems to be a lot it's of just random a bunch words, of random words crammed thrown together. together. Yeah. Yeah. So might be, I might give it a whirl. But now I need to at least see Aaron do it at some point or here because I want to see if yeah she can Aaron's, still bring. Uh, Aaron's pretty awesome, man. She a tiny little cute blonde. She looks like a little liberal librarian. Okay, because she used to drive a Volvo wagon. Yeah. She has these little cute glasses and this little swoopy haircut. And she is a Trump loving, conservative, stomping, <laughs> badass. Now let me let me ask you a question that will that will get me in trouble. Um but it's my show. So that's okay. So well our show, Ross. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry I've, I've got my sorry. name on a lot of shit. You're sorry, sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> Uh, but you said something that's interesting to me right there, and I just want you to extrapolate one step further. You okay. said, looks like a liberal librarian. Now, we won't focus on the librarian part. Yeah. My question to you is, what about her looks like a liberal? What I think, where I think you're going, and maybe you don't even do this intentionally, because when I see photos of, of uh, events filled with Democrats or Republicans, you notice differences between people. One of the things that is clearly not 100% the case Seems to be glasses. Yeah, so she do a has, lot of yeah. liberal women wear glasses? Um, and I think that there's just something to you know the way she dresses. Like she kind of has this hippie retro look to her, mm-hmm. and I think that that has more of a liberal connotation to it. She, you know, we don't have any North Face in the house or anything like that that would be <laughs> as Nate's wearing his North Face coat. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it, that fit, yeah, the all the, fits, right? all the brands to point out. But that would, you know no, I mean? no vineyard vines. Yeah, you know what I'm saying by that. So, so yeah. No whales. No, no whales, whales are in the house. No whales in the closet at all. There's a lot of tie-dye. And there's, uh, you know. Does she like the Grateful Dead? Um, I know a couple Grateful Dead songs. How about the Beatles? Fan no. of the Beatles? No. No, my wife likes um uh Little Dicky. She loves Little Dicky. She <laughs> loves Macklemore. I think I've told you guys a story about how we found out we were pregnant with my daughter. We were at I never a, heard this story. Oh man, we went to Milwaukee to see Macklemore because my wife loves Macklemore. Yeah. So we went up there for a concert on a Friday night. We had an awesome time. We woke did up you, Saturday. Did you thrift shop before the show? Uh, I don't know if we did or not. I don't think we did. Okay. No, that would have been a little bit too on brand, I think. (laughs) No, no, I don't think we did. We, uh, but we got up Saturday morning and she was sick as a dog and we thought it was just because we had like Macklemore too hard or something. Right. Uh And so, uh, we went to Ikea and we were walking around Ikea and if if you've ever been to Ikea, there was like 50 bathrooms all over the place. Aaron threw up in every one of them. It's amazing. We didn't pass a bathroom. This is the second pregnancy puking story we've heard in the last two days. Right. right. So anyway, that we were going to go bar hopping Saturday night around Milwaukee. We got back to my cousin's house and Aaron was like, just go without me because I'm still sick. And we went bar hop and we came home at like three in the morning and she was standing (laughs) in my cousin's living room. We opened the door and she's like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm pregnant. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm not hungover. I'm not hungover. I'm pregnant. It's yours. You think? <laughs> it's yours. It's our second. So, congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Aaron's. That's what I mean by she. Her favorite music is either that or she likes the Indigo Girls. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She also has rainbow tattoos. Is that something I should be worried about? Wait, rain. Like you like, said, plural. Oh yeah. Aaron, Aaron has like tw- I think like Aaron no, but like, like multiple rainbow tattoos. Like, yep. She has one around her toe. She has like a rainbow ring around one of her toes. Toe ring. Yeah. She has like 20-some tattoos, I think. It's a lot. Does she have any in naughty places? What do you mean by naughty places? Like on her boobs? 
Like places that if I said, I want to see all your tattoos, she'd say, I can't show you that one. Well, again, she is a conservative gal, even though yeah. she doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> 20 so tattoos? Now, yeah, 20. And yeah, so she'd show you the ones on her feet. She has a bunch of them on her feet. She has one on her butt. I don't think she'd show you. <laughs> As you say. And, and I don't think she's proud of the one. She has like the tramp stamp one. Could you there. could you name uh, or, or describe in detail all 20? No. I can't even no. describe my own tattoos. No, really? not all yeah. 20. I could tell you where all of them are. Nate's got sleeves. She, got, she has stars around her left shoulder. Um, she it's has funny. Little, yeah, a little. I got a big one on my back, and this happens to me at least once a week. I'll catch it. It's black. I'll catch it in, a, in the mirror as I'm like walking by, and I'm like, oh, fuck, what's on my back? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, it's my tattoo. It's been there for five years. Lane, do you have any tattoos? I do. I have a big one on my back, just like Nate was talking. It catches me off guard. See, sometimes. is that it's the only weird. one you have? Forget it's there. Yeah, it's, eh, it's like three tattoos combined into one. I guess you could say. Okay. It, the first one was original, and then like five years after that, I added to it. So. Okay. Will you get more? Or will you just? I would. I would. Yeah. I just. I don't think I'm that creative to figure out something really cool I want to put on my body. <laughs> what know, is the kind of young and stupid? What was the, so, yeah. Go ahead, Mark. What's the appeal of the back tattoo? Having a tattoo that you can't even see, like if you, unless you're in a mirror. I mean, what's the what's the point? Was it? I, I didn't think about my tattoo. Yeah. I just fucking. I think that's how it is it. with a lot. Yeah, of I was people, 18. I, I wasn't thinking about, about that. What was <laughs> the? Uh, what was the? You said it's it's now three. What was the original? Uh, the original. Um, so embarrassed. <laughs> very embarrassed. I've never seen you turn red like this. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Uh, I got it. Let's see when I was probably 17, senior year, something like that. Damn. I had to use a fake ID to go get it, and I got like a big hawk on my back. Nice. For the, oh, for Ankeny. Look at you. <laughs> That's right. So it's so not, it's not Herky. It's right. the Ankeny. Because I, I, I we did this with Nate one time, but I don't think that podcast ever got recorded, did it, where we just kind of like interviewed. Can, I, can we just interview Lanning for a minute? Because, sure. So I would have assumed... That you came from a pretty strict mom and dad. Like, the Charter and I, neither one of us have tattoos, and I think both of us no, would I, probably say... I do have one. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. What? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. It's on my ankle. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Did you I don't, just saw this? I don't have no, a tattoo. Dude, you know I've got a tattoo. No, I didn't. Yes, you do. I didn't. I didn't know yet. It's like I don't I even sure. know you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I would at least assumed. mine's meaningful. It's that, not uh, Daisy Duck. Or I had a friend that got some Looney Tunes character for his first one. Like Nate's showing me a big eagle tattoo <laughs> on his chest. So Lanning got yes. the hawk. So I have a tattoo, I, but I'm not a tattoo person. I thought I would have just assumed you came from a really strict mom and dad. I don't mean strict like mean, but to the point where it was like I'm not allowed to get a tattoo. Uh. My parents were strict, but they're they're pretty chill too. It's okay. Just, I didn't ask them. I went and just did it. And it's, well, you weren't worried my about my mom about fainted the first time she saw it. I had to hide it for probably a good. You've ruined your body. A good two or three months. That's exactly what she said. Oh, you ruined your beautiful skin, and she like, held the chair and almost passed out. <laughs> I was like, oh, what man. was dad? What was your dad's reaction? Uh, he just called me a dumbass. Nice. <laughs> That's good. About it. The, All right, uh, so then you had the eagle or the hawk for that for Ankeny. You're 17. Yeah, so I had then, that for a few years. All right, so then with that. you and went to college where? You didn't play baseball at Iowa State, did you? No. Uh, I played baseball at Nebraska for two years, and then I transferred Damn. to the University of New Orleans for one year, for my final year. Or not my final year, just my junior year, and then I was drafted, luckily, by the Twins. And so I left college and played baseball for five years and then went back to college at Iowa State. You Did you grow up as a Cyclone fan? No, grew up as a Hawkeye fan. Did you really? Yeah. Did your brother too? Yeah. Damn. We went so to you, Hawkeye games. You were a Hawkeye Damn. family. That's interesting. And then, and so uh, then being recruited by Nebraska, yeah. how did you not get recruited by Iowa? In baseball? Yeah. I did. Oh, you, but you, but I Nebraska did. was a better team at the time, better they, offer for you? Yeah, that's when like Alex Gordon was there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, Jabba Chamberlain. Yeah, that's right. Tony uh, Watson was there from Grimes yeah. here. I did have a. St- they were. The year before I went, they made the College World Series. And then the year after that, we and went to the Iowa regional was, got beat Iowa out in the sucked. I was sucked then. They, it's they it's interesting I mean, we're actually talking about this. When we came home well from now. Vegas, uh, the Iowa baseball team was on our flight. Yeah. Really? We were basically... Yeah, now, I, now I imagine you'd go to Iowa if oh, those yeah. offers were there. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. I would have gone to Iowa. I just... They, 
Nebraska was just a bigger and better thing, and they had all – you should have seen the facilities they had at that time because Nebraska football was still pretty big, and every year they were putting multimillion-dollar facilities up, indoor baseball cages, mm. indoor field, just everything you could possibly want yeah. to make you better, to make you a better athlete and better player they had. And they offered a little more money, too, than Iowa did, so I – I just chose that. So did you get the second tattoo of the hawk eating a corn <clears throat> husk? No. Second tattoo I added, this was when I was with the Phillies, and I think it was just out of kind of boredom because I was just in extended spring training and I had a little extra time. And my grandpa had this saying on his on his wall, and it had like an eagle on it. And it was Isaiah 40:31. Um, it says, those who follow the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles, you know. And, and uh, so I thought it just went together with the tattoo that I originally had. And yeah. I like the saying, and it reminds me of my grandpa. So yeah. I got that. I finished it off that way. That's meaningful. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but, it is. Wait, but you said you had three, right? Three tattoos? Well, the the eagle or the hawk, however you want, whatever yeah, yeah. you want to call it, was number one. <laughs> the bird. And then there's a big cross through it. Okay. And then a third here. I'll just show you real quick. I'm taking my shirt off. Oh, <laughs> baby. Here we go. Man, if only we had video wow, wow. on this thing. Yeah. yeah. If you're <laughs> we were talking about how sexy those little dicky videos are. Nothing like this. Uh, okay. So it's up on his upper left shoulder. Yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, you can see all, all, uh, okay. I can, I can all see the three cross. of them. You can see the hawk. Got it. Yeah. Clearly now. The cross behind the hawk. Got it. And then Isaiah 40, 30. Forty thirty one. Huh. It's good thing. Cool. It, it's good thing he still remembers the verse. It's like when you get a <laughs> right. tattooed on you. You were uh, better be meaningful. You guys were starting to ask uh, Landing about something about being in the minor leagues there right before we came on. So you would have like well, we'd ask, we'd ask her. Nate had asked if he'd gotten an agent uh, before, and we were learning what the agent, uh, you know, beating the bushes minor league player relationship right. is is like, and apparently you get free swag. I mean, that's what. You were getting out of the deal, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I got myself drafted by playing well. He didn't do anything other than just talk to the team for me. Uh, I, he did other things for me, too. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't that. But yeah. for most most minor league players, their agent is just kind of hooking them up with equipment because they have deals with Nike yeah. or Adidas or whoever it was. Pony. In my fact, my <laughs> my agent had Pony, so I was really riding high there. <laughs> so you oh, got do you remember you, you got drafted where? Where were order wise? Where were you at? Uh, eighth round. I'm not exactly sure the exact number, but I was eighth round, so pretty high. What's good. the money for eighth round? I got a hundred and five thousand dollars. Which at that I, point in your life is like the jackpot. Oh yeah. Lottery. I'd want to know I I want to know more about that though. Like that that day, that process. How many teams were actually, like, when you're playing at New Orleans, or did it start when you were at Nebraska? No. So that, that was kind of the thing. People, I was kind of unknown because, so, scouting is area. Like, they scout an area. So I was up in Nebraska, and then all of a sudden I transferred to New Orleans, totally different part of the country, totally different scouting, you know, base. Wow. So the I Twins mean, guy really liked me. I had a great season. I mean, I really did. I think I hit close to 400 in Division One baseball and – 15 bombs, something like that. Um, so the Twins guy was really all about me, and I think there was the Cubs, maybe the Mets, but they were just – they liked me the same, but I was just kind of on the fence to them because they hadn't seen me play the prior two years. There was another kid on our team, Johnny Giovatello. He played for the Kansas City Royals for a little bit. Um, he was actually on the team that they won the pennant. Yeah, I don't think he was on the World Series team, but they won the pennant that year. Huh. <laughs> and uh, so he was there the, the previous two years, and he had really good seasons. And my numbers matched his my junior year, and he got taken in the second round because he had those prior two seasons. Kind of like they do in the NFL. They talk about quarterbacks. Right. And it's like, oh, you know, you look at their full body of work, and mine was a little bit shorter. I didn't have a whole lot of playing time at Nebraska. It was kind of split between me and another kid. But then at New Orleans, I got a lot of at-bats. What position did you play in the field? At New Orleans, I played catcher and outfield and DH. So when the scouts are, are coming to talk to you, are they, I mean, are you are they talking to you about positioning and stuff like that, or is that not even, I mean, that's, that's so, so fluid you once know, you get into an organization. I was drafted matter. as a catcher. I mean, they kind of were looking at, at me as a catcher. I wish I would have been drafted as more of a utility player. Right. Because I got drafted because of my bat. 
Um, I was a good catcher, don't get me wrong, as a good athlete, could get it done, but seeing those guys at the really high levels, they they are very refined, and they've been doing it a lot longer. you got a lot more experience. Yeah. I was a four-sport four, four, uh, athlete growing up all through my life. You know, I played baseball in the summer, and that's the only time I ever concentrated on it until I got to college, Then it was a year-round. But you're playing with guys that played baseball year-round down there in high school in Texas and Florida and California, you know, for – since they were 12, they just play year-round, year-round. It just makes you such a more refined yeah. refined baseball player, especially with the glove and just all that. So utility player, I think I might have got a little bit further instead right. of just pinholed as a catcher because then they're just worried if you can catch, and I wasn't the best defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. And they don't really care if you can hit that much as a catcher. All right, Mark. kind of depends where Mark wanted to get into the money. This is the thing Mark Mark cares about. Mark's always about the money. That's all it is. All right, so your $100,000 signing bonus. Yeah. I broke down. You only got how much out of the taxes, and then your agent, exactly. got, your agent got X amount. The agent Wait. gets his, what, 10%? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you, you you told us earlier that your agent had you hold out for two weeks for an extra five grand. So your your bonus went from 100000 to 105000 Is that yeah, what happened? Actually, I think it was slotted at 90000 where I was picked. And he got me like another ten or fifteen. I was doing oh, his job. but you had to pay him ten. So yeah, he yeah. got he got him paid for. Yeah, he made okay. he made he became, he he became made five yeah, or he so made his money. That's off. okay. Yeah, that's not a bad. So for not doing really much of anything. I mean, when he knew he was going to be locking into that fourth. sweet ass pony deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you How did you uh, find out that you got drafted? Is it something you're watching? Oh man, yeah, that's a good question. I didn't know. I haven't talked about this ever really, but uh, it's just funny. They kind of, my agent said, well, this is how the draft works. You know, it'll be online. Like, you can listen to it. There's nothing to really watch or anything. It's just guys calling out, like, all right, twins are up. They just call out a name, and that's it. And then it goes to the next pick. Like, nothing said about it, nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents were working at the time. Joel was probably still in high school. Nobody was home. I was home alone at my parents' house here in Ankeny. Um, (laughs) And it was draft day. First day, I think. Was uh, the TV? They started doing the TV maybe back then. I don't know, but I was second day, so I was really into it on the second day and just listening, listening, whatever. Well, phone rings or doorbell rings or something, whatever. I run upstairs, try to do it, and try to get back to the computer as fast as I can. Well, before I even get back to my computer, I get a call from my agent guy. Hey, congratulations! You just got picked. So I missed. I missed. Oh my name, no really. way! <laughs> but it didn't really matter. I mean, whatever. No, that would have. That still would have been cool. To keep, but I was the only one there. And you were like, at I was home by at yourself. Home by myself. Biggest day of his hey, life. Man, congratulations! Home you by got himself. By the twins, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow, that's that's awesome!" And I was just, you know, called my dad and told everybody about it. Had a big party that night. Cool. Okay. Nice. All right. It was right. dope. It was dope. <laughs> so what, what point do the, a lot of friends came over? When did the fun. twins reach out to you? When do you hear from them? When did they reach out? Yeah, to and you? Like, like, how do you like know? Like in the so beginning? Like, no, yeah. I mean, no, like no, you're, yeah, you're, okay, you're so now a twin. Your agent calls you and says, you got drafted by the twins. Congratulations. You mm-hmm. call all your friends. You make a party. Mm-hmm. At, does your agent call you the next day and say, all right, man, you're supposed to be in this town at this so, time? Yeah. So if we okay. would have signed right away, I would have went to, I would have went to, mini camp I guess they called it it's kind of like a mini spring training for all the new drafted guys kind of get them acclimated to pro life or yeah. not life but just you had to go through all what do they call those little seminars to yeah, probably like orientation, orientation type, thing. type yeah. things and it's funny how funny and, uh, is that orientation to play for the twins welcome yeah. to the awesome. oh, man, you should how many meetings we had in spring training all this orientation bullshit um but yeah so what the twins called me and I had to report to minicamp, but this is where I held out. Like, the guy's like, hey, we're just going to hold out for a little bit, try to get you some more money. So I just sat in ink and he did nothing except fucking <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 Made that party Every last bar he's at, he's like, I'm a big leaguer. But he goes, yeah, you're not missing anything anyway. That's just, you go down to Florida, like extended spring training, you're not missing anything. Trust me, you don't want to be there. You just want to go straight to your affiliate, which was in Elizabethton, Tennessee, home of uh, Witten. From the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Small Mark, little wow. small little mountain town. Not Mark Witten. That's Jason. Mark, Jason, yeah, Jason. Mark Witten was the baseball player. Cardinal. Small little mountain town. He's a black guy. Mountains, cool little spot. <laughs> Why is that relevant? <clears throat> <laughs> oh, man. So I went, straight to, I went straight to Tennessee instead of going to Florida. I just went straight to Tennessee and met up with my new drafted teammates there. It was yeah. pretty cool. Pretty fun summer. We won the league championship that year. That's cool. And it was in the Bible Belt, so our owner was uh, – 
Like, I think he might have been the town priest or something. <laughs> <laughs> we got sparkling champagne forever. So what is, is this? Post-championship party. Is this A-ball or what? Like, what's the affiliation? This was rookie ball. So rookie this ball. Below, this is below A-ball. Okay, this so what's, what's the year. highest level you got to before you hung it up? I got to double A, but I didn't play. I got on the bench. Double A. So, and did you go to spring training? During yeah. your career. Oh, yeah. How many times were you in spring training? Four or five times. All with the Twins or with the Phillies, too? Two with the Twins, three with the Phillies. So what can you tell us about the actual stars? How much better are they at baseball than you are? Um, that's a thing. I mean, talent doesn't separate that much. Like, I always felt like I was right there. I really could hang with so, them. But so they're just a lot more consistent. When you're at spring training, are you are – you practicing and you're with like the no. big leaguers you're not at all no, so you weren't like with joe mauer like catching at the same well, time well i actually was at one point but there's big league spring training camp and there's minor league spring training camp okay there's two separate ones okay big leaguers are over here minor leaguers are over here because there's like 300 of them or whatever yeah, sure and then uh big leaguers got their own separate camp you know they're gonna mingle any of us with them but they would send, like, the big leaguers would come over to our minor league complex and get at-bats, and pitchers would get innings. So we would we'd still kind of play with them a little bit. Maurer was on his, on his, like, back rehab when I was there. So there's an extended spring training. So after all the teams break, after April, all the teams break and go to their affiliate, well, there's an extended spring training for all the kids that are, like, 18 or a little younger, newer drafts that don't have a team yet. So they stay at spring training for another two or three months. And – Mauer was rehabbing at that time, so I got to play, like, multiple games with him, which was pretty cool. That's and, it's cool. I mean, he just hit the ball hard as shit every time. <laughs> he might get out, but, I mean, he's, he squared it up every time. That was That's the difference. Like, And just a lot smoother in the field. Like I was saying, I was a little rough behind the plate. Yeah. I could hit. I could think I could hit with the best of them, really, but you just got to have that second skill. <laughs> Man. And I didn't really have as a – kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy master. so here's 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 my question when it comes to baseball so uh i played up until high school early, early in high school probably sophomore year of high school so the fastest hardest throwers i probably ever saw up to that point was probably if i was guessing low 80s maybe and that would have been fairly uncommon at yeah. that at that in age high school, yeah so how do you get used to facing 95 miles an hour? Where does that come from? Is it just like it just sneaks up on you one day and you're like, okay, I can do this? Or is it like a big jump going from high school to college to minor league ball? And you're like, man, it's an extra three miles per hour now that I've got to learn how to hit. Because it just seems, for those of us that have never faced it, it seems impossible. I'm so interested mm -hmm. in this. Honestly, I, but like how, do you, how, did, how did you acclimate to hard throwers? I don't know, dude. I mean, you just got to get ready for the fastball and it's not even be ready. For not even necessarily you hitting, but you're you seriously don't remember the first time you saw ahead. 95, 99, something like that. I mean, it's fast, dude. I like he asked, how do you get used to I it? Know. I don't know how you get used to get used to it by seeing it. Um, yeah, more and more. But I remember right, so when you're going go from, away from when you hitting go from 94 to 94 and above. It's all the same. It's just fast blur, like. I don't know how some some balls you hit you don't even know how you hit it and you can hear it. Oh, so going <laughs> going away from hitting into catching how how what's it like catching hundred mile an hour heat? Like can you Hurt. even see it coming? <laughs> Hurts. This finger right here is completely numb when it gets below thirty degrees. Stings. How do you even react your, your to that? It's coming you, towards you. He, he's, do you just kind of hope it hits your glove or he wiggled his pointer Here's finger the deal. on his left hand? <laughs> when you're throwing hundred in the big leagues, you know where it's going. Okay. Sure. I was catching minor leaguers throwing 100 from the, the you know Dominican Republic, Venezuela, straight off the boat, mm -hmm. and they had no idea where it was going, but it was 96, so they liked it. Yeah. And that, sure. that was hard. Catching 96 in the big leagues, that's not hard. So Because it's, it's coming right to you. We were talking, we were yeah. texting last fall, and the A's were playing, I think, and you texted oh, yeah. me and said, that guy was the hardest guy I ever caught for. And he was all over the place. Who was it? Still was, but he threw 90. Uh, Jake Diekman. Okay. Should look him up. Big, long, wiry, yeah. lefty throws from a three-quarter slot. I don't think he made it through like four hitters and they pulled him because he was all over the place yeah. in that game. But he throws uh, throws gas, huh? Oh, God. Hardest kid. And it, when a hard-throwing lefty, the reason it's hard is because that ball is like coming into your left hand. A righty, it's kind of going away, so it's a little softer. But the lefty is just pounding into your knees and into your hands. 
I never and would have he was all over the place. Yeah. Like, how does this guy even have a job? Oh, well, because he throws 97. <laughs> so maybe he'll figure <laughs> it out. And he's left-handed. I think in all, yeah. of, in all of sports, especially with, baseball is already tough because of how many games they play. A major league catcher that plays 140 games, 150, right? Just the beating you would take. Like the heat playing in the summer, plus all the foul balls that you get off of you, plus all the stuff that bounces in the dirt and comes up and hits you in the cup, what, whatever. It's got to suck. Yeah. Then think about the yeah. two games a year that you hit a triple. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no, catching is definitely the hardest position there is maybe in sports. I mean, honestly, it's you're sitting back there. It's hot. You're crouched down. Definitely have to be built for it. That's for sure. And you're getting foul balls off everywhere and – just getting abused in the bullpen. Pitchers are throwing 30-pitch bullpens every day. Just, hey, catch me. Okay, well, it's not as easy as it seems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was uh, it's cool. tough, man. You don't see a lot of kids these days. I mean, I I coach a lot of youth um, baseball players, and nobody wants to catch anymore. I don't know why. I, I, I used to want to catch because I got to put all the gear on, and I was kind of involved in everything. And I think fear. A lot of it. With I remember the kids. in Little League, it was kind of cool because you got to put the gear yeah. on. Oh, you're I like loved 10, it. You're I, like, no, I, yeah. I loved it. I was not a catcher. I was a shortstop, pitcher, outfield kid. But occasionally, you'd get the blowout game going, and I'd beg the coach, man, let me go back there for an inning. I loved mm -hmm. it. Catching it was, it was, was where great. I fell in love with baseball. I, that was when I, when I started catching in Little League was where I, the, I got hooked. But, yeah, my career ended as a – at the JV level in high school. So I, I, that's why I'm in awe of what you accomplished. That's so cool. Is there a lot of banter between the batter and the catcher? And you get into the minor league situation, like people talking. But one of the things I like, I love it when this Jeff stuff comes out. Jeff doesn't seem like a banter guy. Yeah, he, he, really. he, he doesn't. He doesn't. But I love the, uh, the mics. I don't even know how you get the feed. But like the ambient mics that are on the fields now. Did you that, see Rizzo the other day? Did you guys see that? Yeah, video? Rizzo Rizzo's awesome. mic'd up. I love it when players are mic'd up or where you're catching the exchanges. You know, the one last year that was famous was Aaron Boone going after the ump about my guys are savages in the box. When you pick up those pieces of the game that we don't get to hear when watching it on TV, that's the part that's fascinating to me. Like, Does the savages in the box comment have any uh, any extra context now that we know that they might have been cheating? Uh, you mean the Yankees? Yeah, the Yankees are certainly implicated in this mess. Oh, they haven't been. What's the link? There have been. The, there have just been fingers pointed at them. Well, I know the Red Sox and the yeah, Astros. The Red were. Sox and the Astros have both had hard stuff, but a lot of people have alluded to the fact that the. And I'm a big Yankees fan, but a lot of people have alluded to the fact that the Yankees were involved in something in some way. You don't want to believe it. I don't. I. I'm. I'm not going to not believe it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I think these guys certainly could have done it. Did you see Bauer the other day uh, uh, doing the uh, bullpen uh, signs? So yeah, yeah, Mark, yeah. You, he was tipping. He yeah. was tipping his own pitches. So oh, out on the field, like live. Yeah, during the spring training game to pitch, Houston, pitching not to Houston. Oh. He was pitching. I don't remember who it was to. That's it wasn't funny. a former Houston player or anything. He just got out and he started doing the old glove flip. Here comes the heat. I'm yeah. giving you the fastball. Giving you the changeup. Giving you the curve. Gave the glove, so, you know. What was his re I saw that, but what was his reason? Did he talk about it? He, yeah, he said it was a shot at the Astros. That, you know what? To show it's easier when it. you know it's coming? Screw it. I'm just going to tell people what, you know, you don't have to worry about stealing my pitches. Mm -hmm. I'll just tell you. If you're going to steal them anyway, I'll just tell you. Yeah, it's still hard to hit it. Yeah. Bowers, I, I don't know. He's an interesting Do guy. you think MLB, you guys are obviously fans of it. Um, MLB gets a lot of... Um, I hate the strong word, but they're not as progressive as uh, the NBA and some other leagues are with technology and embracing change and all of that. Are we going to see in the next, let's just give a lot of time, 10 years, where you're going to see some mic'd up players on the field? I think a lot of people like that in the All-Star game. Did you say 10 years? They move slow in baseball. Yeah, that's going to change, I'm hoping. And I would say in five years you will have what you saw the other day with Rizzo and Bryant. That will be commonplace within five years. There's really? so much yeah. downtime. Why wouldn't you not? Yeah. yeah. In between pitches, listen to what the guys are talking about. That would make. Now, if you're at the bar, how are you going to listen to that? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing I'm thinking of. Well, I think there's a segment of the population, I'm one of them, that would pay extra for access. It's like the golf thing. You know, I want to know what they're talking about between caddy and golfer. Yeah. Like I would pay the five bucks or whatever to get that feed, access to that feed. I think in all sports. Did you see? I don't know if they've done this before or not. Um, a few weeks ago, um, 
It was a college basketball game. It was uh, Penn State and Illinois on Fox Sports 1. Did you catch that game? It started at like 5.30. No. It was on a Thursday. Oh, I did. There was... It, and there was no commercials, right? No, no commercials. Yeah. Oh, both I coach, watch both coaches were mic'd up the entire game. Yep. And they had cameras on them so you could hear what they were saying during the game. There was live feeds into the timeouts, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I was thinking, well, what if they're like drawing up a specific play at the, okay. at the end? So you know, we, there's got to be a limit we, to this we, at we some talked, point. We talked to Chuck Long about that, though, who is a coach in the XFL. Yeah. Because they do the same thing in the XFL. They have a camera on the offensive coordinator as he's calling the play down to the field. Yep. And... The, the justification for it is, and I think the same thing would apply in this, it's happening so fast that the television feed back even into the locker room is not getting there before the play is. Well, it's is usually, what, seven, five, seven something seconds Something like that, right, right. And so even within in-house on a closed circuit, it's even delayed enough that it doesn't, even if somebody were stealing it, they wouldn't have enough time to relay it back to the defense out onto the field with how quickly they're calling the play and getting on. So I wonder if it's the same thing with the huddle in basketball, you know, that it's delayed enough thinking of somebody back in the locker room, watching that, then running out onto the court, saying to the guys who are still in the huddle, okay, here's what they're going to do. Like your mm-hmm. timeout's over, you're on the court, yeah. and they're, they're playing. So I think that's the justification is you can't I got that. one more baseball question for you, Jeff, before you, you said you got stuff to do, so we're going to let you go. Um, this is not an one easy answer. I understand that. Your average visit to the mound with a pitching coach coming out or a manager, catchers out there, pitchers out there, what is being talked about? Oh, anything really. This is what the coach comes out or just me walking out? No, there? coach is out there too. Just coach. Is it, is it yeah, about coach comes out? I don't really the see next it. hitter or is it about like changing something in the pitcher's delivery or like no. what, what, what's being discussed at that point? Because you see it so often and we're not in the know on yeah, that. It's meeting. never really about mechanics. I mean, especially when you guys are seeing it on TV at that point, mechanics are, are good. It's just more like game, maybe game situation or a lot of the time it's how you want to, how you want to deal, deal with this hitter exactly just because of maybe the situation guy on second try to pound him in so we can't get him over there or something. Um, it's either that, how you want to go after the hitter, or it's just wasting time trying to get the guy in the bullpen ready. What's, what, what's said <laughs> during that convo? Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, like, I'm out here to waste time. It's uh, Just so you know. Hey, uh, exactly. It's, hey, uh, I got nothing to say other than we're just trying to get uh, the bullpen going. So, so I'm going to stand here until the ump comes out. So I'm going to stand here until the ump comes out and – what do you think about dinner and, uh, last night? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's fun. You see that movie? It's a meeting. I mean like, it's it's the Bull Durham speech where they're talking about what makes a good wedding gift. Right? When you when Can, you as the catcher, you as the catcher walk up there, what are you usually saying to him? Like, hey, what's wrong with you? Or, um, no, not I don't say that. I uh, see that's one thing that I I think I've I, what made me a good catcher is I I could kind of mesh with everybody's personality. Every every pitcher's different, just like anybody. You know, yeah. some guys get real hot headed, and you got to calm them down. Some guys are just like, kind of got to get in their ass a little bit. Like, let's go. Like this is big time pitch right here. Or you just say, hey, calm down. You know, and just try to hit that outside corner a little bit more. Just different things, or you just go out there and try to get their mind off it. Like talk about something that happened last night, or tell them a joke. Tell him a joke. I'm not much of a jokester. I don't really have a whole right. lot on the top of my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the you, is not deep course, on the joke. You know. Talking about signs, hey, look though. look at the girl behind the dugout. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Her. Talking about signs, though, would you, when you would get a runner on second, would you guys use different signs than yes. you would a, another time? Yes, we had tons of different ways to do it. What, like, give us an example. What would change? So, usually when there's nobody on second, you just go one sign because nobody's really stealing it. Yeah. Guy on second, simple one would be, like, last sign. So I, I give three signs and so how would you how, what That's was uh, what was one of the things that you would use like would you tap your chest or to if it's going to be second sign you tap your chest if it's going to be last sign you do top of your helmet yeah something we, like that we Is would that, do stuff like that yeah. too it just seems so obnoxious because just baseball's already slow and then you're sitting there behind the plate touching your chest knee head okay now we're going to go with the third sign then you got to think of what you want to throw and it's just I didn't like doing that way um, I just like to just pick something out like first sign after the three or first sign after the two or last sign or count the ones, you know, every time yeah. I put a one down, yep. then it's, yeah, there you it's go. whatever that is. So I just put two down. So it's curveball. How it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd have to like switch on the fly because, Hey, we think they got the sign, switch it up. The, and here, okay, listen to this one. Yeah. This is my freshman year at Nebraska. 
I'm pitching. I'm catching Jabba Chamberlain. Remember that guy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Jabba rules, man. Jabba yeah. Chamberlain played for the Yankees, the Nats. <laughs> remember all those little bugs? Absolutely. So he was he was there my freshman year. I would cu- I'd catch him a lot, and he would do this one where he's like, "Hey, man," because he's he was a senior junior at the time, you know, veteran, and I was just freshman. He's like, "All right, so just give me a, just give me a sign, and then whatever I want, I'm gonna swipe like two or three times, and then just count how many swipes I did, and that's what's coming." <laughs> okay. So like I put down curveball. He goes, I'm like, oh shit, what is that? Here it comes, and I have no idea what's coming. <laughs> Ninety six right at my face. I'm like, it took me a while to get used to that one. Does that make sense? How that worked? Yeah. So so how? <laughs> That's wild. Obviously the pitcher's throwing the pitch, and he's the one that kind of lives with whether it's good or bad. But how much is the catcher actually calling the game? Does that vary from pitcher to pitcher? With Java, you weren't. He was he was calling the game. Obviously is what you're saying, but. How much is the catcher? Not even that. In Nebraska, they had total control of everything. I had to wear this wrist coach, and the coach had, like, this sheet of numbers randomly itemized from Excel or something, and he'd hold out, like, two, one, three, and I'd look down, like, row two, you know, one, whatever it was at the time. Fastball, so I'd put fastball down. Like, that took a lot of time, too, but. Jabba, they'd give him the freedom to do what he kind of wanted. I mean, yeah. shit, he was a first-round pick. Yeah, he was, he was throwing 98 past everybody. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, was your, what was the other question? Uh, just how much the catcher has to do oh, with Oh, and deal. then, yeah, I mean, I, ca- I called all my games ever since growing up. I mean, only in Nebraska did they really dictate what I was calling. But yeah. um, in professional baseball, I called every game, and I, I think pitchers really liked throwing to me for whatever reason because we got on the same page. I could read a guy. I could feel what feel what was working that day, so we'd stick with that. And Some days it's a different pitch is working better. Or You'll see that a lot when you watch baseball, too. There's certain games where it doesn't seem to be shaking off the catcher much at all. No, yeah. And then other games where it's constant and it's like the meeting at the mound happens. Yeah. Some pitchers, yeah, they just overthink it. But, I mean, the catcher has just as good of a feel, if not better, on what the hitter's doing, just because you can kind of see how his feet are set up in the box. Is he a little bit up in the box? Is he a little close to the plate? Is he, you think he's going to cheat and try to drag bunt or something? Um, you get a really good feel back there for, for what's going on and how the, especially what's working for the pitcher. Like, that's what you have to deal with. Some days it's good, like he's got a good curveball, some days he doesn't. So you got to work with that. But yeah, we would call all of them pitches um, throughout pro ball, that's for sure. The only thing the coach would do sometimes if there was a guy on, like, first base, he, he might want to slide step or he might want to pick off or put on a different uh, defensive play of some sort. Yeah. So he would signal that in. But How did you know when the career was done? Just the last spring training, what, spring training I was at when I didn't make a squad. I was there the very last day, so I was like, oh, dude, I made it. Like, I'm going to be on a team. Oh, I, no. I think I was just kind of there in case somebody got hurt last day and then at the end of the day they said yeah we don't have any more spots for you so that was that was that, and that wasn't exactly the end of it and then I went and played independent baseball that summer just because I had already gone through spring training and the whole off season of getting ready so I was like yeah I'll just go play independent baseball for this summer and have a good time it's going to be my last one probably because I wasn't you trying to go back I played it um uh, the New Jersey Jackals. Huh. <laughs> huh. I can't remember. The Cam Ann League, I think it was. You've seen so some places. <laughs> yeah, we went up to Quebec in that league. I went up to Quebec a couple of times and played up there. We were in the championship, too, in that league. We had a pretty good team. Oh, what the hell is his name? Cabrera, uh, second baseman or shortstop for the Royals like 10 years ago. Uh, if not, anyone knows Rosswood. Not as Drubal. No. Um, no, 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 no. What a name. I mean, big-time player. Why can I not think of it? Angel. Oh, I'm, Angel, yeah, yeah. Angel Cabrera. Yeah. Right? So he was on that team. Wow. That's pretty cool. Want to hear a funny story? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Go for <laughs> it. So we are, in, we are in the league championship against Quebec. We already had to go up there for the first two games. At this point in the season, everybody wants to go home. We're not getting paid a whole lot in independent baseball, mm-hmm. especially if you make the playoffs. It's not like you're getting a bonus, okay? <laughs> I mean, you are, but it's just not that much. Yeah. And everybody wants to go home. Uh, so we go up to Quebec for the first two games. It's a set of, I guess, set five or seven or whatever it was. We go up to Quebec for the first two, and then we come back. 
we probably lost the first two or something like that. We come back to New Jersey, and it's a 12-hour bus trip all the way up to Quebec. Plus, you oh. got to go through customs. It's just not easy, okay? So we're kind of winning the game. Or maybe we're losing the game, but whatever. Angel Cabrera is playing shortstop, and he throws the game. We lose just so we don't have to go back up to Quebec <laughs> to go to back finish, again to finish the the championship series. I'm making some errors or something. I remember I was sitting in the bullpen. I think actually. And See, that's fine because easy. nobody was betting on that game. Yeah, <laughs> was easy ground ball, routine double play. I think he was playing second. Our shortstop fields it, throws it over, and he he just like hits it with his glove straight down to the ground. He's like, oh. They <laughs> 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 score like the go ahead run, and, and the game's over, and. But uh, everyone's everybody pumped. knew what everyone's, was going on. Everyone on the team's happy about it. And we really were. The only guys that weren't happy was just the manager, probably. Yeah. He yeah. was the only one. And who knows? He might have not even been that upset. <laughs> he wants to get on the had, bus he go to Quebec. To, he had to put on a good face that he was upset. Promise you that. Yeah. Thank That's God. great, man. Home. I'm glad That's you awesome. hung around with us, Jeff. This is a lot of fun. Remember, yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't even want to be on here. No, yeah. No, look at how much fun you Yeah, had. you know, I get a little nervous. Sometimes. That was fun, it man. took up the whole hour. We had some good stories to tell Ross. We're going to save them, though. He had a good Facebook story. but Oh, I'm telling you, man. I could tell you stories about my brother for days. The guy's an absolute character. Yeah, Sounds like you've, a savage. Uh, he's amazing, man. He's an a, he's absolute character. You've uh, you've told a few over the past few days, so it does sound <laughs> sound like an interesting character. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Um, oh, by the way, almost all of us sell real estate. In case you're wondering, Ross does not legally legally do it yet. Uh, we're what still, do you mean legally? We're what still. Do mean, I, I don't. You're, you're, I don't do it illegally either. You're not. <laughs> you just, you just don't sell real estate. Yeah, Ross is right. still not a licensed agent. We're waiting on that background check. Seems to be a problem in Washington D.C. Getting us the info we need on you. Why you don't hire Eastsiders Charter? Man, you were oh man. on this a long time ago. <laughs> hey, but Nate sells real estate. Jeff sells real estate. I sell That's real right. estate. So if you want to save some money, call Charter House, uh, or we'll uh, help you buy one too. That's even better. We make more money. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support and we will talk to you next week.